right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, we are here crashing a Titleist Ball content shoot. Nice enough to spend a few minutes with us, Mr. Scotty Scheffler, Mr. Jordan Spieth. All right, my first question. I think the last time you were the number one player in the world, Jordan, was 2016, I believe. You're sitting next to the number one player in the world. What advice would you give as someone who's been there and to someone that is currently there? What would your advice be to Scotty Scheffler? What would you say to him? Probably don't go seven years without being number one in the world. It's a lot more fun when you are. <laughs> what would you tell Jordan Spieth at, at, at number one from 2016? How much time do you have? I got time. How much time do you guys have? Yeah. No, I think I think that was like a that was a goal as a kid, but it wasn't a. I want. I mean, you obviously want to hold on to it as long, but it's not because you want to hold on to the. I never felt it was. I wanted to hold on to the ranking. It was. I want to win this golf tournament because I want to win this tournament, and that just kind of comes with it. He's playing the most consistent golf of anybody in the world in the biggest events and winning them. So that the rankings then show that. Um, I was more obsessed with it in junior golf than I was professionally, but it was certainly a goal to reach it, and it is still. But via shot-by-shot, shot, tournament by tournament, not. I, I actually don't really even know how they work. I know it's a two-year cycle, but I don't know how it's weighted. I don't know how many points a major has. Um, versus a regular event and so in other words it's play as well as you can as often as you can and it takes care of itself does the ranking mean anything to you scotty i mean it's a nice you know accolade to have but as far as day-to-day stuff no i mean it's nice to have that accomplishment but at the end of the day you know i don't get any strokes in the next tournament and if i spend time thinking about being number one i'm probably going to be out of there pretty quick i was gonna say what's the balance? <laughs> like you can't ignore the heater you've been on lately but hitting the golf ball what's the balance right like of you know I don't want to say staying humble, but like staying focused on it yet, you know, acknowledging what the heater that you're on, like what's that been like to go through? I just try not to pay attention to that kind of stuff. I've always been kind of a stay in my own lane kind of guy. And um, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by guys like Jordan and guys that have, you know, kind of done this stuff before me that I can bounce stuff off of. And, you know, I have a great caddy and Teddy that helps me out with all that kind of stuff, whether it's expectations or, you know, how to deal with media, all different kinds of stuff. And usually just stay in my own lane and keep doing what I'm doing. What's RV life been like for you? Do you try this thing from event to event? I've never driven it. Okay, I've I, rid, I've, we've we've ridden in it um, between events. Florida swings, Hilton Head to Augusta. It's been great. It's like having, it's like having a hotel, your own hotel suite every week, but you get to put in your own bed and and have it made up the way you want. I will say, like, the West Coast this year was pretty bad weather for the West Coast, and so it was kind of a mess there. It's a little more crowded in California, so we we're a little further away at a couple events. And then when we got to Florida, the weather was fantastic. So we could open up the awnings, the you know, the TV outside, all the toys outside. And it's been really nice just having consistency week in and week out and uh, not relying on certain hotels or houses and stuff. But I'm not sure how long it'll last because we have a second one coming, and I don't see how you possibly do it with two, a two-year-old and a one-year-old uh, – on it at different sleep schedules and all that. So it may be short-lived, but it's been a blast this year. 
What's a, I'm going to ask you guys to kind of riff on each other a little bit here. And, and, you know, there's a lot of commentary online just about Scotty's action, the foot action. It's, it's different. It's, it's unique, but we kind of hear the same stuff when we tune on on TV as to, you know, what we see, what's, what's, how would you describe what has made his golf swing so successful? Because it looks unorthodox, I think, to some of us. I, I think we would you would probably hear that a lot, Scotty. <laughs> well, I think you know the footwork is a result of what it's necessary for him to do for the consistency he has. He's got to get get off that right side totally onto the left, and he's able to hit, you know, play that that super consistent kind of cut shot with the driver that he has, and then he's able to work the ball both ways um, at a very consistent level. I think the tempo, the set. Um, I mean, Scotty's a Scotty's a grinder. He's always been somebody who, if anything, it's someone's had to pull him off the range versus ask him to practice more. When that happens, I feel like what he's doing is he's just getting that same rhythm, that same tempo, making sure that the timing of when things are set. I mean, I'm speaking for him when he's right here, but to me, it seems like, you know, it's his way. He knows how it works for him. When I remember the same thing kind of happening to me on my left foot, how I roll off or chicken wing. And those were both weapons of mine that when I lost them a little bit, I was playing worse golf. And so actually getting them back is a better thing. You talk about Justin Thomas, the slow-mo of him being off his feet when he's hitting driver. Well, that's an advantage for him. He's using that ground force to push up to how he generates so much power. Um, he just doesn't quite stay on the ground for it, which is pretty unique. But um, the, all these little things that are, call them, you know, in quotes, not textbook, uh, are weapons that need to be, uh, I think, looked at that way when they're done as well as he does them. Are you still as confused as you seem to be confused, Scotty, when Tiger was telling you about not taking divots with, with the swing? Because there's been many, many videos that I've seen since that would that would disprove what he was talking about when he's flushing and he doesn't take divots. You looked confused in that video. Were you as confused as it looked? Yeah, so that was really early in the morning. and It was my first tailor-made shoot. And we had literally just gone from singing Christmas carols in like costumes. <laughs> and then we'd go out to hit balls. I'd gotten in late the night before from a tournament. And now we're out on the range just warming up. I'm trying to like figure out what's going on, what I'm doing. And I look over and Tiger's not making divots. And I was like, what, what, what are you doing? And usually he gives me an answer. This time he didn't. And so I haven't seen the video. I don't know what the look on my face was, but I'm sure I was pretty confused because I've asked him some questions in the past and he's typically given me answers. And this time he was just like, do I need to make a divot? And I was like, I'm asking you, man. You tell me. What. <laughs> Do you understand uh, it? I mean, I think to an extent, maybe just his control at the bottom is so good and he gets, you know, maybe his hands in a position where he can have the arc so low to the ground early enough and he can still hit the middle of the face without making a divot. At the same time, how many videos have you seen him take a massive Huge pelt divots. with like tons of spins? So I think... I mean, I think he was probably messing with Scotty to a degree. <laughs> I was gonna, oh, yeah. That's yeah, what it looked I think like. He had to have been. You're I trying mean, to figure that out in the moment. I think, but I think like, he can do oh. anything. So maybe, um, you know, maybe it was what he was trying to do at the time. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen the video either. I just know. That, that I'm sure there was definitely some level of him him clowning with me at that time. Yeah. Do you do you guys like still are able? I, I've seen you know videos of guys playing practice rounds and kind of messing around with different shots and stuff. And it seems like I, I'm kind of amazed at, at you guys still seeming to be very curious about different techniques of the way to do to hit certain shots. Like, do, Scotty, do you feel like you're still learning how to do specific stuff? Because again, we're talking to somebody who seems like he has the complete package. Yet at the same time, I feel like guys are always tinkering and learning new techniques in a weird way. 
Yeah, I feel like I learn a lot by watching guys, and now that we're out on tour every week, you know, I get to play with guys that are playing their best golf, and so I get to learn a lot just by watching, and I feel like I can see a lot of stuff, and then if I ever have a question, I'll ask, and, you know, most of the time people give answers, sometimes they don't, um, but I always like kind of just figuring out that type of, like that type of information, like I've asked Jordan a ton of questions when we play golf here at home, just because it's a more relaxed atmosphere than in a tournament, but... Yeah, I feel like I'm still learning. I mean, what's I like something to know. you would ask him? Like, what, what's something you would want a example of or technique wise? I mean, I feel like when we just play around out here, it's the conditions change. Like in the wintertime, we play this golf course. The greens are a little bit firmer. In the summertime, they're a lot softer. So you're trying to take off spin, and so I just get curious just about what I guess more so what's going through his mind on certain shots, um, especially when he gets around the greens and and on them. And so, yeah, I love picking his brain. Do you still feel like you're you're learning in that regard, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. I'll credit my coach, Cameron, a lot for certain shots, especially around the greens where, you know, it might be a new way to hit a bunker shot that that he's figured out will help get it higher, softer, and land it shorter. You know, when you get in trouble, it's more like shots when you're when you're potentially in, in trouble or wider action. You know, when you get around the greens, it's not a golf swing. You know, they're all different chipping motions to create the, the loft and spin that you need. Um, or need to to drop depending on the shot. So I feel like I learned quite a bit from him on that. I'll see some players do some things. I've historically been it's been a character flaw of mine to be too stubborn to ask a lot of questions, thinking like I already knew how to do everything. And then you see some guys hit shots, and you're like, man, you know, I think I know how you did that. Um, and I'll just, you know, what were you thinking on that? And the thing is, like, for us, it's. I could feel one thing, and if he felt the same thing, it could be totally different, right? So when you ask somebody about their feels on it, it could help, but it may just be like, oh, that actually doesn't work at all for me. But it's still worth, you know, asking those questions. I mean, Tom Kim asked a ton of questions. He's, he's one that um, asks a ton of questions, but, like, I'm envious of that at his age because I think he'll – you know, he's got most every shot around the greens. He's, that's probably the most underrated part of his game – but he'll still be asking how you hit him, even though I just watched him hit it as well or better than I just did, you know? So I think it's something that even at 10 years in right now, it's useful for me to continue to try to do. I feel like both you guys are in a way are, are kind of big brothering Tom Kim a little bit here in Dallas. Does that, does that seem right? You guys were at dinner last week? What, I, think, I think I've been dad and dad. Scott, Scotty's, Scotty's been a big brother. <laughs> quick break here to check in with our friends at surf pro you've heard us say a lot of great things about surf pro you never want to have to be calling them but trust me i've been there when you need them i've got a great message from someone recently that said hey we had a recent a flooding happen at our house surf pro was top of mind because you guys have been talking about them so much they will make any disaster like it never even happened if your business needs a mulligan after a disaster you give the pros at surf pro a call they got over 2,000 locations covering 97 percent of zip codes nationwide they're able to respond fast they're there in an instant uh, they will make it, like I said, they will make it like it never even happened. Surfpro.com or call 1-800-SURFPRO today. Again, they will cover from anything from fire damage, flood damage. If you have a problem, uh, a, a local disaster in your home or your business, they will be there to help you out. 1-800-SURFPRO today or surfpro.com. Back to Jordan and Scotty. Talk to me, Jordan, a little bit about what, what I, I think it's fair to say, I think you've, we've talked about this before, Scotty, that it was, you were probably the 12th man on the Ryder Cup team in 2021. I think that's probably an official statement. What, what, uh, what, was, what was your role in anywhere in that process? I'm, I'm curious if any of the players kind of were in the captain's ear to say like, hey, 
this dude's ceiling, he's not even close to his ceiling yet, but he is the dude. Were you involved in any of that, or what kind of, what was that process like? Yeah, I think um, East Lake. I remember Strick coming out when I was playing a practice round with Justin and talking to us about it. And, you know, I, I, I used a pick there, but Justin was automatically on. But I think I was close enough to where I, f- I think Strick kind of was like, you're good. It was one of the – it's a weird scenario when you, you still need a pick, but you feel like you're on it and they're going to pick – like right now I think I'm at Ke- – I think I just got passed by Keegan. I think I'm like seventh or eighth. And so it's kind of a similar scenario. Um, we keep on talking about the Ryder Cup, but I'm not on the team yet. It would be nice to get in the tops. <laughs> Point being um, – I remember him being out there and both of us being, you know, big time Scotty bandwagon um, saying, because it was tricky because I think Sam Burns missed out, you know, they're, and they're really close. There's another, a number of other really good players that were right around there and it kind of was coming down to one or two spots at the end and just thought um, his ability to adapt in a team room, play with anybody, kind of, um, I thought a lot about 2014 for me. I didn't win that season in 2014. And then, but I qualified via um, uh, points for the team. And the way I played at that, the way I felt about that Ryder Cup, I've talked about this a lot, of, a lot of times, I thought was pivotal in learning how to win. The patience and like every match feels like it's a Sunday coming down the stretch trying to win a golf tournament. So um, you just don't really have that experience unless it, you don't have that anywhere else. And I thought it was a massive step in the right direction for me to learn how to close tournaments and to, and to, to win at the professional level and in, in, into the end of 14 into 15. And, you know, I don't know if Scotty felt that that was that, I mean, it's easy, it's, it's easy to look at that and be like, Oh, well then look at his next couple of years. But, um, that was the experience for me. And I think at the time I was thinking like, he's, he doesn't need to do anything differently. And I think he'll see this at the Ryder cup. Like he didn't need to change anything he was doing, as far as his game, it was already good enough. It was just the putts will go in one day, and then all of a sudden you'll feel like a killer, you know? Well, it just seemed like a, a changing of the guard moment in terms of I feel like past Ryder Cup teams would say never played in one and hasn't won yet and not get the consideration. But it felt like, you know, obviously there was enough. You would played awesome golf leading up to that point, and it helped springboard, you know, uh, your your career to this point. What's it like for you, Scotty? You've been a part of one Ryder Cup team. You won 19-9, to one of the biggest gaps that's happened yet. You're picking up on a team that, you know, you're going across the pond, uh, teams you haven't been a part of, you haven't played in a, 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 an away Ryder Cup yet, yet the U.S. hasn't won since 1993. So does it feel like you're carrying, you personally feel like you're carrying any burden over to Rome of any of that? Or having not been a part of those teams, does that help to, to not feel that? I would say a burden would probably not be the way to describe it, but I'm definitely carrying something over because I've watched many of the Ryder Cups that we've lost, and it's... I mean, it's definitely frustrating. The Ryder Cup's my favorite tournament, and I don't like losing whether or not I'm on the team or not. And that was something that we discussed, I felt like, a lot after after last year's Ryder Cup was, you know, we kind of protected our home turf, and now we got to go over there. And, I mean, since 93, that's a long time. I feel like I don't want it to last much longer than that. <laughs> so it's a foreshadowing because uh, that was Leonard, wasn't it? No, was he, no, that Leonard was ninety. Was that was ninety nine. Tom Watson, Captain Belfry. I think. Well, I was just thinking. Leonard like, was, was also in the United. It was States. also. It was yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> well, because you took the mic, if I remember right, in twenty twenty one, somebody was asked a question about unfinished business, and it kind of felt to me like you went a little bit out of your way to be like, "Hand up here, yeah, there is unfinished business." Well, like, I, I was the only one on that team that's lost two of them over there. Yeah. So, it's all fun and games, and then you go over there, and 
it's just not the same. I mean, we don't get an away game in the sport of golf hardly ever. That's the only time we get one is team events played on foreign soil, and even the President's Cup doesn't normally feel like an away game. I believe Canada probably will more than anywhere else. But, yeah, I took it, and I think that because the question was about is this a new dynasty of – and it's like, no, because – you have to win one over there and preferably a couple over there for it to really be that way. But it, it was a step in the right direction at Whistling Straits. We're left to kind of talk about all this stuff and try to figure out, you know, what matters in terms of team makeup and who should make the team course fit, all this stuff. In your guys' mind, kind of I guess, what, what does the public get wrong about how this works? Right? I feel like every time somebody wins a tournament, it's like, oh, well, he's now going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Would you guys rather have teammates that have like up and down, hot, you know, kind of peak weeks, but aren't as consistent? Or do you want guys that are consistently, you know, top 10 and top 20 more frequently if you had to choose between those two? I think that I'm not jealous of the captains in that scenario uh, because the last few, it seemed like it's come down to four for two or three for one. And it's like, man, how do you. Looking really that? crowded right now on the U.S. And side. Th- too. That would be answer the question: Who are you looking for out of the four, out of the two, out of the four, or the one out of the three? And it's like you just can't go wrong. That's the good news. But yeah, I was going to say, looking back at the last one, if you went by like current form, I did not have a good playoffs. I had played good up until that point, but I think the last three events, all I could think about was the Ryder Cup, and I played just terrible. And so, current form is also a tough one. I mean, I think it's more of an attitude thing that you can kind of bring to the. Whether or not a guy's going to be good in the team room, how he's going to be out there in his matches, I think playing good in the bigger tournaments is important. I mean, the majors are the most pressure that we face as players, and so guys that can perform on that stage I think are going to be typically guys that we want on that team. But and there's so much that goes into those last few spots that it's it's tough. How have you seen the team room evolve? You've been on a lot of Ryder Cup <laughs> yeah. teams now. Does it, does it feel different in there now? Uh, what, yeah. Yours your first one? 14 first Ryder Cup, yeah. I played the President's Cup in 13. The... 14 Ryder Cup was an interesting one. So <laughs> what I think, was interesting? Let's throw that one out. Um, <laughs> what was that team room like, though? I mean, because everything changed after that I, point, right? I remember. Um, I remember the. How could you forget the post-tournament press conference? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But you know, Tom Watson's in the middle and Phil's on the far right side. Well, if you rewatch that, I'm sitting next to Zach Johnson in the middle. You know, there's maybe one or two other guys in the middle of this. And when Phil takes the mic and starts going, we start kicking each other like <laughs> under the table. You can't see it. It was all, you know, draped. But we're kicking each other and we're like, oh, here we go. This is going to be – it's changed definitely for the better. I think at this point now you have – most everybody is around the same age, grew up with each other, are friends. You know, I won't be the – if I'm on this team, I won't be the youngest on, uh, sorry, I won't be the oldest on this team, but I will have had probably the most cups of experience, but that doesn't feel like the oldest, but it doesn't. Yeah. But, but then you have, you know, you have a group of three or four guys that are Scotty's age. And then you have a bunch that are around 30, like 28 to 31 or whatever, call it. It's just, it's younger. It's more cordial. It's more fun. And then I think what I will say that I think that what the Ryder Cup committee um, has done since I think it was established in 16, 18? 15, right after 14, right, yeah. um, Was we, I felt like at Whistling Straits, we all were able to feel like we had the best chance to prepare individually 
and have every opportunity to do what we wanted, when we wanted, how to recover access to, um, and that wasn't the case in the early ones. It was, no, the team's all going to do this here, this here. No, we can't get this. We can't get this. And since then it's been, you know, we got two giant ice buckets to do ice baths on the floor that we're on. Um, everyone's kind of got their own routine that makes them successful. But then once you do that collectively, you still f have that feel like you're, you're there fighting for the other guys. I mean, I think I, I never feel like I'm playing for my country in the Ryder Cup. I feel like I'm playing for the other guys on that team more than anything else um, versus maybe how an Olympics would feel. There's continuity now too. Like there's a lot of the same captains, and it you know it, it feels like. And this is not to say that they're necessarily bad in the team room, but Tiger and Phil just took up a lot of energy. And you know what I mean? Like the, it kind of every everything in golf revolves around them when they're around. And if they're not, you know, this was the first team that had neither of those two guys on it, and it just the energy felt different. I'm not saying better or worse, but just felt yeah. totally different. I think Tiger's not getting any credit for how involved he was and how selfless it was for him not to come for almost that very reason and he recognized it you know for somebody that great he he doesn't really I don't feel he has an ego and like he he wants to win and he felt like the best case was to not be a distraction by going but I mean he was super involved and I don't I don't know if people really realize that that much is he as involved this year I think he will be as much as any as much as anyone's willing to talk to him Zach or um, you know, Strick, Strick and Tiger are close. Zach and Tiger are close. Obviously, Freddie. Um, so I imagine he'll be pretty involved in um, in helping them out. But he wasn't getting into our stuff. It was with the captains, and you know. Hmm. Scotty, if you look back at the first three majors of the year, you played really good golf in in all three of them. Do you look back at them fondly? Do you look back and feel like you've missed opportunities? Do you look like do you consider them successes so far this year? I'm wondering if you if we're taking stock as of today, what's your feeling? Uh, first three. Um, I feel like I've played solid, which is nice. I don't really look at success for, you know, wins and losses. I think I would say the last two majors, I, they were a success in my head because I approached them the right way. You know, when I show up to an event, I try to have a good attitude. I try to approach my shots in a positive way and basically just stay in the moment and try and execute. And I felt like the masters, I didn't do as good of a job of that. I kind of got in my own way a little bit. And then the last two, I just, you know, I did a really good job of that good attitude pretty much the whole way around I stayed patient um you know I just was a few shots off I know I think I was two or three at the U.S. Open and I was about the same at the PGA um but yeah I'm proud of my approach those weeks so yeah I think I did a good job it feels like right now you're in a window right now in major championships where leaderboard gravity as we call it the more time goes on the more you kind of rise to the top of these things right it feels like you have you know the harder it gets the better off you are do you feel that way I like harder golf courses. I feel like, I guess the last two weeks would be a good example, going from U.S. Open yeah. to Travelers. The U.S. Open, I felt like I could have a bad day and still be in the middle of the tournament. Right. I think, for me, that day was Friday, where the U.S. Open was different than a lot of majors in a sense, where everybody who was up on top of the leaderboard kind of had the, what seemed like that one really hot day. Like, Wyndham had a hot first two rounds, I think, where he got all the way to the leaderboard. Ricky had the really hot day uh, the first round to get up to the top. I just never had that hot stretch. I kind of just played the consistent golf and I wasn't able to shoot, you know, a six or seven hundred and make my way up there. Um, but then you go to a tournament like Travelers and I have a bad day and I feel like I'm just, I can't catch up. Whereas the U.S. Open, I played 
pretty poorly on Friday. I think it was my, my driver face caved in. I couldn't hit a fairway. I was hitting everything like 50 yards left of the fairway. And I was able to get around the golf course and shoot one or two under just by scrambling. Whereas if I'm hitting everything 50 yards left of the fairway at travelers, I, I can't make birdies. I still make pars at us open. You can get around making pars and still compete. Whereas some of the regular stops on tour, I feel like I have to be playing my best all the time in order to compete. What, how would you describe your relationship either with either with putting or your putter at the moment? I know there's some flirting that's gone on with, with others. Yeah, I'm flirting. <laughs> yeah, flirting's probably a good way to describe it. I've used the same style putter for maybe six or seven years. I switched to one at the U.S. Open and Travelers that was a similar shape to one that I used in high school. I won a U.S. Junior with a putter that was kind of a boxy shape. And for me, I just felt like I needed to look at something a little different. And the results were definitely better the last two weeks. I still didn't make enough putts to, to win the tournament, but um, I think I was above average. I don't I don't know. It felt like I was, which is you know improvement from the weeks before that. But it's just it's hard to make that many putts when I'm hitting it as good as I am because you get you get onto the greens. I can't really choose where you putt from. I don't get to see any breaks. Um, I'm playing late every single week, and most of the guys you see playing late are making all the putts, whereas. If the hole's looking a little smaller to me, all of a sudden the ball starts moving around late in the day. It's not easy to make putts. I don't haven't really had too many of those rounds where you get out early and the greens are fresh. And so there's a lot of different Must factors. Be nice. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll trade you. Such a flex. I'll, I'll trade play you. It so late like. in the day. No, it. But it's something that because I have to. I have to tell myself these things because yeah. if I look at the stats and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm putting terrible. But when I look back at how I felt on the greens. The only week where I felt really bad was probably Memorial. Outside of that, I've actually felt like I've rolled it really nice. Like PGA, I hit so many good putts. Um, I think I lost that one by two, and I had two like horrendous, horrendous horseshoes in the final round. I don't even know if they got them on the coverage, but I had a terrible, terrible slow lip out on one, and I had a trickle horseshoe down the hill on number nine, which I've I've never seen a ball trickle towards the hole in horseshoe. And so little stuff like that, sometimes those putts go in and then I gain momentum and then I'm able to build up a lead like I did at the Masters. And sometimes the putts don't go in and you don't win. But at the end of the day, the putts have to fall if you want to win tournaments. And so I'm proud of how I've just been able to put myself in position a lot this year. Yeah, it's it's they're they're getting to the hole and they're going right by the hole. It feels like you're not they're not far far off, right? That's got to be I guess how you handle that is becomes the becomes the well, question. Well, yeah, putting's kind of difficult because it's the only part of the game where there's just finality attached to it if I hit a really good nine iron into the green and I hit it exactly how I want to sometimes it goes to a couple feet and sometimes it goes to 15 feet but no matter what I still have the opportunity if I have a 10 footer and I hit a really good putt and I miss it everybody's like oh how come he didn't make that putt whereas if I hit a really good nine iron you guys don't really know the difference between you know three feet and 15 feet and sometimes it's even hard for us to tell and so I'm trying to get get out of my head that you have to make every putt and I have to win every tournament. It all goes back to the approach for me. Um, Sully hit one three feet versus 15 feet. He'll know the difference because it doesn't happen at all. <laughs> oh, come on. Come walk on. I hit the three feet walk at up and rake the, and he'll rake, you know, you can rake the yeah, three footer. Well, I hit does it that three feet. At, yeah, it does. It okay. really does. I hit the three feet at Kapaloo and JT missed the putt. Like, I'm going to throw him under the bus because he was uh, killing me that day. What's your relationship? <laughs> <laughs> you could have been my partner. We would have lost in seven holes. That would have been, That's very true. That's very true. We did a rematch that one. That was a lot of fun. What's your relationship like with putting right now, Jordan? Yeah, good. It's um, I guess it's not really my place to chime in on Scotty's, but I will say like the strokes gains. Please to, chime in. The the strokes gain statistic. It's nearly impossible to be in the top thirty or forty if you're hitting the amount of greens he's hitting relative to everybody else. 
it's just almost impossible because the putts that the putts that he has on a green are a further average length because he's on more greens in regulation. So if you miss five 15 footers, you're losing strokes versus I may have had five, six footers and I made, you know, four of the five and I gained strokes. Well, he would have made four of the five too. And then at the same time, so if you just took a strokes gained and put everybody else in the same position on the green in one, you know, or in two, whatever, I don't know if you're, if this is making sense. It does a little bit, but it, it strokes gained. I, I see what you're saying, right? There, if you have a day where you have a bunch of six footers and you make them all, you're going to shoot up. And it's like, hey, I don't know if I'd have had the same day from 15 feet. But it, it's, I guess strokes gained does account for the fact the, that. The thing I think that's tricky about it is is being able to recognize that and being like, like Scotty's saying, he's like, I felt like I hit my lines that day and the speed I wanted to. The greens were a little beat up because I was late every single Sunday is pretty much what he's saying, but, um, which is just <laughs> fantastic. But, um, <laughs> but my, simple. but my point is like, if you go and you say, you know, I don't do anything differently and they're going to go in, I'm, that's essentially what he's been doing the last couple of years. And then when they do, he wins. I think there's something also too to what you were saying, Scotty, of, you know, if you're, if you're hitting a lot of greens, you're not you're not trying to leave it below the hole or you well, know, you don't have as much control no, over it. Don't. Like if I'm if I'm hit miss at greenside and I'm chipping, you naturally know where to not put the ball, and that's something where if you're hitting a six iron into the green, you're just trying to kind of work it into an area and you're kind of left with whatever you have. But you know, it's actually funny. John and I played together Sunday at Memorial, and he putted really poorly at Memorial as well. And so we were both out there after the rounds multiple times together practicing our putting. And he said something really funny to me. He had a slow year on the greens last year where he hit it really well and didn't putt his best, and so that's why you didn't see the crazy amount of wins. And then all of a sudden this year he starts out beginning of the year and he's winning all the time. And he said the difference between his putting last year versus this year is one 10-footer made a turn – or two 10-footers made per tournament. Yep. It's a crazy margin. And so it's, it's, it's funny how that stuff works. And, like, if I'm going to sit back there – and it's stuff I talk to – or talk with Teddy about too – don't overthink things. Don't get too far into the data and put too much pressure on yourself. Like John said, the difference between last year and this year is one or two ten footers a tournament, hmm. which is I mean, pretty it's skewed. It's skewed. It's, it's skewed minorly skewed. It's a nice reference, but it's it can be skewed. Well, I would take up all of your guys' time if I had it, but uh, I know we got a lot to lot to get to in the rest of the day. But appreciate you guys. We need to get into my putting. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of dodged that question yeah, a little bit funny. by just talking about Scotties, right. but uh, we do have a, a shoot to get you guys to. So appreciate the time. I'm sure listeners appreciate it as well. And uh, I'm excited to do a little ball testing with you guys this afternoon. I think we're gonna have some fun. I guess so. we're gonna hit some nine irons and see how close you can hit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I already did my hitting. I'm done for the day. Okay. You guys are hitting for the rest of it. So thanks, guys. See ya. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.